Welcome to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast. Well, thanks for joining us today. Um, we're joined today by Alan Architecture Interiors Design, the AAID there. The team is based in Dubai. We're joined today by Regina Matthew, Mansi Tawari, <laughs> Rookie Reza, and Samia Garg. Um, Hello. <laughs> so thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. Um, they recently submitted an entry into Surge for Water 2020, which I'm intrigued. They're going to tell us about that a little bit in a minute. Um, but we've got the team to, here today to tell us about their entry, which is actually really, really beautiful. Um, it ticks all my bio, bi biophilic boxes, so I'm excited <laughs> when I saw the, uh, <laughs> the entry. So, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, if, if you could tell us a little bit, first of all, just to put it into context, what um, Alan Architecture Interiors Design does, particularly in Dubai, if that's okay. So AID is a design firm uh, based out of uh, UAE as well as the UK. We've been in UAE for 10 years and in the UK for around five. It's a family-run boutique design firm. We do projects, um, architecture projects, interior projects, um, anything to do with commercial, hospitality, retail, um, you name it, and we, we, we love designing it. Um, some of our projects are the Atlantis um, on the Palm. Uh, we worked on um, the Google headquarters, the um, Ernest & Young headquarters, Huda uh, Beauty. Uh, we're working on the Arts Club uh, here in Dubai right now. Uh, so a host of, uh, host of uh, industries that we're kind of working towards. And um, yeah, uh, that's what we do. Okay, I saw some of the work on your on the website, and it absolutely looks beautiful. It's sort of elegant, sophisticated. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> thank really, you so much. Really, really striking. Um, could you tell us a little bit about Surge for Water 2020? What exactly is it? Yeah, Surge for Water. It's an organization that has been set up uh, by an individual called Shilpa Alba um, back in 2008. Um, and it's just, it's all about providing access to safe water um, and sort of helping using water as means to end uh, a cycle of poverty um, and just kind of getting at it to, at a grassroots community level. Um, they have quite a few things that they do, which one is access. So building wells and um, rainwater tank uh, construction is one of the things that they do, even rehabbing um, existing wells or um, natural springs. They also take into consideration water purification for and by providing filters um, for community use or household use, depending on the area that they're, they're uh, um, servicing. Um, they also focus a little bit on sanitation and hygiene, so clean water. Um, and also educating people to ensure that once it's there, it can be maintained, the importance of clean water, um, even as things like um, menstruation, or hygiene, things like that to keep people healthy. These are basic necessities that we don't necessarily always think about, um, but they, they do a lot, of, a lot of work. They work across four countries, mainly Haiti, uh, the Philippines, um, Dominic Republic and the and Uganda. Oh, really? They have about eleven projects that are live at the moment, um, and it's all pretty much done through volunteer work. And um, they've had a really, really great impact over the past uh, 
last 10, 10 12 years. It's, it's a really great uh, organization. And Surge for Water, just to give you an idea of what we're doing with the competition, um, they've been holding these uh, yearly design galas uh, for local design firms in, in, in the Dubai region. Um, and we are allowed to sort of come up, we pair up with somebody and we come up with an idea. So each year they'll have a design brief and sometimes it's a furniture piece, a lighting piece. Um, last year it was about sacred geometry. Um, this year it was a little bit more about uh, biophilia. Um, so it's always interesting every year. They keep it quite, quite uh, challenging for all of us. Um, keep, helps us kind of think a little bit. Um, so it's a great, great, great initiative that they've done, and we like to we try and take part in it every year. That's really great. I said I, I work in um, I do work in Uganda, and uh, I've got friends who work in Haiti, and I know exactly how what difference fresh water can make actually, um, particularly in in those regions. So um, it's, it's, it's like a really good good thing to um, to support. Uh, your entry was really intriguing. <laughs> it looks so beautiful, which is the thing that caught my eye. Um, hence, sort of like dragging you guys onto the uh, onto. The <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, can you tell us um, about it? I mean, this is a video. Obviously, people who are watching this are seeing as a video. So if you hold it up and you can, you sort of you know the image. But if you could describe it as well for the podcast listeners, um, that would be great too. Thank you. So, actually, this is our design. So, where this is coming from, so our design is called Linked because our focus from the start, as soon as we heard about Surge, so the mission of Surge is to reach out to people who maybe don't have the same kind of privileges that we take for granted often. And it's all about community, it's all about reaching out. So, we wanted to keep their mission in mind when we're developing whatever we wanted to, to reach out to public. So what linked is, is a set of modular panels that are hexagonal in shape individually, and they come together and they form a screen, which allows for people to create their own space within a different kind of a space that they're in. Because we've been in such challenging or interesting times, if I may say, mm -hmm. where our lives were already stressful from before, but something that has added on is has been the lack of privacy that, that this work from home and this lockdown has kind of put upon us. And there's been a blurring of professional and private and personal boundaries, maybe not in the most convenient way. So we wanted to address this additional stress that is cause to our lives because all of us have experienced this in one way or another. So what we wanted is for people to be able to regain a little bit of that control back into their lives and to be able to pursue their hobbies and their passions, which they've had to put aside because their, their world has been consumed by work because homes become work, everything, you're still around the same people. So we wanted to give the option to actually connect back to self and connect to the community and that's why it's called linked because each panel links to each other it relies on each other for support and that's how the screen forms and that's what we believe a community is that individually we are each but we rely on each other when we come together that's when we form one unit and that's when 
we accomplish what we can. Yeah. So yeah. And the beauty of this product is that it's um, multifunctional and flexible. So you might see this in this scenario that it's at a certain height, but because of the modularity of it, you're giving users the freedom of choice to build their space as and when they see fit, depending on the heights, which is why uh, you've got the hexagonal panels, which are made from uh, dry date palm leaves and arish stems, uh, which is the, the local term for date palm. So this is a, um, a way to recycle and use scrap material that would otherwise be thrown out. So we're linking back to sustainability and the use of natural materials to connect you back to nature as well. Okay, it's really, it's really beautiful. Um, I was saying, you know, each little, so it's the, the, the hexagonal um, almost pods, aren't they really with um, um, sort of um, pieces of material and sort of like you're saying the date palm um, wo woven sort of uh, yeah. fascias. Um, it looks like there, there are plants in there as well, or is that is that how it, how it is? Bring it a little closer, but um, ideally we've shown these pods as being highly customizable. So some of these pods may be um, ways to, how to say, store like books or material. Some of them could have uh, biophilia, biophilia integrated into it. Yeah. So that way you're um, bringing in even more of the outside in, like the planters here shown. Okay, and the sort of design thinking behind it, as you say, was to um, so that it could be modular, so it could provide privacy. Um, I think it's really lovely, and just like you made the point that there's, um, yeah, you know, we, we don't have a lot of privacy at the moment, is it? We kind of everybody's living in each other's pockets, and it doesn't matter where in the world you are, because you know, yeah. there's only there's only four walls that we're that we're in. <laughs> there might be different four walls, but um, yeah. Something like that, where um, which is modular, I think, um, to give the flexibility, particularly amongst women, actually, um, would be is, is a fantastic thing. I think you know, yeah, we can put our tights on in, in privacy. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, what was the process? What process did you undergo? What how did how did you sort of start from the beginning? I mean, what was the concept? Did you work together as a team, or was it sort of sketches, or was it brainstorming? Or <laughs> the first one was a sketch on a paper napkin. On our board making table in the office and we literally like chicken scratched it and like came up <laughs> with it together uh, yeah. and then it kind of developed into something which we could actually build on our own uh, yeah. and yeah. Ruki will explain more of that. Yeah. So it's it's funny how your, your initial ideas start out because you, you obviously got these grand ideas so our initial process was actually obviously bringing privacy in, but we looked at it in a very um, digital manner where we thought maybe we could um, control this through an app and it would be coming down from the ceiling. So the final idea you see now is obviously very different to initial idea of something built on the roof, controlled by an app. And this was because through um, the, like obviously team, team building and discussions, we wanted to, how do I say, um, pare down a little bit and make it more accessible to everyone because as cool as it is to say oh it's controlled by an app uh, the way the mechanics of how it actually work um, needs to be simplified so it's accessible to everyone so we brought it back to the roots of nature where it's just um, built together with recycled date palm fronds and leaves tied together with jute twine as well so that way it's easy to store easy to stack up as well so the process was um interesting to say <laughs> the least but um we got there in the end just because simplicity is 
the main the main factor because you really want everyone from all walks of life and different backgrounds to be able to use it and in different settings as well. I think when we took a step back and just really looked at it, that being reachable to anyone, that really is key to what Surge is doing as well throughout their, uh, what they're carrying out across the world. So it was important for us that whatever we design and we put forward for this competition conveys that same message. It is still reachable. We got really excited with the apps and oh, yeah. they come down from the wall, they can do different configurations, and we knew it would be really cool. And then immediately we went, okay, well, that's always everybody. <laughs> We're thinking like us, we should think like some other people. <laughs> And are they being able to, I mean, can you, you obviously is, is the thing that you can make them on, on locally. So wherever they're mm -hmm. going to be installed, they can be used, they can use local artisans, local workers, local creatives. Yeah. And I think that's what um, allows it to be flexible and kind of um, it makes it more accessible where um, we are trying to use as much reclaimed material and as much as upcycled material as possible. And um, what also the system allows you to do is, in fact, the prototype that we made, which we it's still at the Surge um, Gala, is the yeah. fact that we built it on our own. Because if we can build it, then anyone else can build it. And it, it'll obviously um, kind of um, work with whichever city, whichever um, continent, whichever uh, area you're in. Like we were able to work with date palms and leaves, but someone else in Southeast Asia can probably potentially use um, other like uh, palm trees, coconut trees, coconut palm. Um, the fact that there's so much textile that gets used um, in different parts of the world, you can have leftover textile. We literally as designers waste so much material um, I mean, it's just a shame how much fabric samples, how many carpet samples we receive uh, from suppliers, which probably get discarded at the end of the year. So we want to use these materials. Uh, our sample, our prototype was made out of the uh, leftover carpet samples that we had and leftover leather samples and leftover textile. Uh, mm -hmm. So we want to kind of work with whatever uh, everybody wants to give away or whatever everybody has available so that it is accessible to all. It is, um, we're recycling, we're saving the community by not just uh, hoarding materials, not just like holding on to things we really don't need to and put them to some better use. I think that's a lovely, lovely thing. It's sustainable, it's for the environment. And um, as you say, it also helps the local, local people. You mentioned yeah. that there's a community aspect to the project. Um, can you sort of tell us a bit more about that? How you hope that it will impact um, the people using it, I presume it means it depends where it's in, where it's actually put, positioned, you know, mm -hmm. in a public space. So actually, uh, one of the things I think Regina will, uh, can elaborate on later would be, we were actually inspired uh, because we had recently seen a lot of the local women here. We'd gone to, this was a little before COVID had hit, but it was a festival where the, we'd seen a lot of these woven mats in the most brightest of colors and in the most intricate kind of weaves that we were kind of just very surprised at how it was done. And what was a shame was when we spoke to them, they, they couldn't speak to us very well, like the artisans who were sitting there, but what we understood was they wanted us to really support them and to buy their materials just because they were trying to say that because of uh, modern shops and machinery and everything, a lot of their craft is dying. Yeah. And as designers, I think that's something we are also very aware of how to bring 
how to keep things alive, how to bring back the past and future, how to merge all of that together. And that's something we wanted to bring and bring focus to these communities. So we want to take these, this kind of tying methods, the weaving methods that they regularly use. So we wanted to show people who live in the modern world as well that it's not something to be scared about. It's something if we can do it as people who live in a metropolitan city like Dubai, if we can take off what a gardener has discarded, if we can take that and create something that actually has a purpose, anyone can do it. And that's why it's so important to support these artisans in every part of the world. And that's why we also wanted to build something that can be made from any material, from any city in any part of the world, be it someone can use mud, who is crafty with mud, someone can use leaves, someone can use pretty much anything that's bamboo. discarded, bamboo or twigs or stone. Mm. It really is up to the imagination of the person, up to their interest and their aesthetic. Mm -hmm. So in different ways, yeah, we just kind of want to support people, be it in urban or rural areas, artisans, communities, and farmers as well, because this, these times have taken a toll on a lot of these people because of the lack of transportation, lack of all of the things and imports, exports. So using of leaves and biophilia and using palm leaves, we wanted to also support local farmers to be able to grow more plants, to have more of a use than besides the fruit of trees to actually have a use of the discarded part of the tree, what we think is waste, but they can actually earn a different income from that as well. So kind of take that into different communities all around the world, which is what Surge's mission is also about. So we wanted to tie that all back in the best we can. Like Samia said, it's just about bringing or, you know, helping grow the industry within these local areas, you know, where they could really, really use the help. Yeah. Um, and tapping into sort of these specialist, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, skills that that'll really help us kind of bring that together. Yeah, I think the same. I mean, actually, to be fair, you could even do that over here. I mean, in any community. Um, I mean, I'm, one of my passionate thing is about um, trying to resurrect traditional crafts here. Um, I, you probably oh. didn't. I don't know if you know, but I'm a professional photographer and filmmaker as well. And mm -hmm. I, I, um, oh, I got, I've documented like the last Oakswell basket maker in the world. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, he makes, he splits wow. the oaks down and it's just amazing to see. You think, why does everybody cut like that way? Why don't they cut this way? And he's, just, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and he's taken on apprenticeships and things. So, um, so I, I thoroughly support what you're doing, I think, and to try and hire I think it's a really great thing. Um, your um your backgrounds. I mean, is there something that's compelled you to work on this? Um, you know, sort of personally, has there been a sort of personal driver? It could be because it's an environmental thing, or it could be because, um, I don't know, you've got an, an, an hexagonal uh, kind of uh, sort of fetish or something. I don't know. But is there something, <laughs> is there something that's in your um in your backgrounds or that's in your experience, even even relatively recently, that's compelled you um to to want to to create this? Uh, particular. Um, I, I think one thing that kind of um, stood out for all of us was, I mean, obviously the lack of privacy has been a very big, big deal for everyone. Yeah. Um, post COVID, but even before COVID, I mean, we've all been like stuck to our phones and stuck to our laptops. And um, but but with COVID coming in, one thing that I, as you you'll see it in the news, the, the fact that I mean we are still privileged. Um, and there are lots of parts of the community that were impacted so severely 
like in the labor camps in um, in like homeless shelters where everybody was just crammed in because of stay at home orders that we we also this kind of struck a chord where we where we thought that what if we were able to create a system that would kind of bring the communities together because of all the men, uh, reasons mentioned before but also allow um, uh, uh, people to have a better lifestyle yeah. in these trying testing times and uh, not just maybe like have a curtain that separates you from your neighbor when you're anyways like eight people to a room mm-hmm. or just like you know, 10 people to a space right if there was something that we could create potentially that would help um in um, giving a sense of space to a lot of people that they need in these current times uh through different different strata of life mm-hmm. uh that, that was something that was close to us um that kind of helped i think and it comes from a background where we've all um been in situations and seen situations where not everybody gets what they want and not everybody even though they work hard get yeah. everything that they deserve and if there's something that we can do um um which um which lends character to where they are and they what what they're surrounded by um that 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 that's great that's really that's really lovely um would anybody like to add anything else or to that I think just um building on what Mansia said especially the last um comment about bringing character into a space yeah. a lot of the designs you see tailored towards um those with like how do I say um backgrounds that no one really wants to focus on they build a very utilitarian sort of product for them mm-hmm. they don't really think about let's say the um not necessarily just the aesthetics but the functionality and aesthetics together so our product kind of brings in the outside in through the use of natural materials so depend whatever the situation they can they won't feel like they're left out in, in a sense because they still have something that's they can be proud of they can use and take care of as well so they get a sense of belonging to the item and our nature in a way yeah and it's true isn't it by bringing yeah. bring nature in you've got the outdoors if you're stuck inside the whole point about bi- biophilic design and trying to bring biophilia into interiors is so that you don't if you are stuck indoors or you're working from you know you have that um yeah you have that connection that inherent connection that's that's sort of a prehistoric thing in us that we need we need to have nature um around us um i suppose really final question for me um if you could this is kind of like our, our magic question that we ask at the end <laughs> <laughs> so um so you can be as wild or as crazy as you wish but if you could paint the world with a brush of biophilia what would it look like you know it could be workplaces it could be urban environments it could be homes it could be i i don't know you know hospitality areas whatever um yeah if um, i don't know who wants to start but yeah just just fantasy what would it look like what would the world look like I mean I think uh this might not be as flowery or as um <laughs> out there as maybe some one or one of my other colleagues could be but for me in general uh sustainability may, means a lot and that's been my focus throughout my education and my work as well so one of the things that I would really like and especially that's something that has been heightened to me during the process of creating this is that we are often being in the more metropolitan side of things we are so out of touch with nature that it's become it, it's had a, it's become a different connotation in our mind a more of a neg- or more of a scary or unknown kind of thing 
where if someone says, oh, let's go camping or let's go trekking, at least for me, because I don't get a chance to go that much. It's like, oh, wait, but how am I going to do this or what's going to happen? What am I expecting? So a lot of this. So what I would like is at least for all of us to have some kind of an experience or someone to just come explain, take us or like take everyone for like these even if it's just a short experience where we physically get to see that okay these are very normal things and these are things that actually do rejuvenate us yeah. and they're very important we, that's not something we should be scared about and because then we can actually start breaking it because right now for us biophilia maximum we end up uh, going to buy, oh let's buy a plant for the house yeah. that's the max like that's the max risk we take but I would really like for even for myself to be able to have the courage to be like no okay if I go out to a waterfall if I go out to like trekking somewhere on a mountain it's going to be perfectly normal and it's going to be great and not scary at all that's really nice (laughs) so it's really interesting as well very valid points someone brought up um personally for me if I want to paint the world with a brush of nature um might seem very superficial but as an artist I would like um, a way for nature and art to be connected, to really look at nature as an art form, because nature is the best artist. Like we're inspired by it throughout, based on forms like similar to our link panel, the hexagon, which is commonly found throughout nature due to its like rigidity and stability. Nature knows what to do with these forms. And I really want a way for us to kind of look at it rather than just obviously you're stepping out, you're, you're feeling like refreshed when you see like a, a green landscape in front of you, but really look at it as an art form and maybe adapt from it as well, rather than working against it, which a lot of people um, tend to do, unfortunately. Fantastic. I love that. And just saying the hexagonal thing, which is true, actually. So bringing that back, <laughs> it's lovely. It's really good. <laughs> what about you, Regina? I, I think for me, I, I wish people would start thinking about, I'm talking about maybe cities or countries, um, potentially, you know, when you're, when you're doing your master planning or your, your, you can kind of work biophilia in rather than sort of trying to retrofit it, oh, let's put a couple of planters in, and, you know, but actually bring in some community gardens, community parks, where people can go and enjoy and actually see that as in in their everyday lives, you know, and interact with these things in their everyday lives, rather than just being a retrofit kind of a situation. Oh, let's do a green wall and let's do some planters and we're good to go. Um, You know, so just kind of being a little bit more mindful uh, from the get-go rather than trying to just work it in at the last minute as as an afterthought, you know? That's great. And what about you, Mansi? For me, this fantasy question is almost like going back in time, actually. If I had to like uh, do a brushstroke, I would actually go back in time and like make sure that all buildings have courtyards because I think growing up when when you went to different parts of the world where they had those beautiful trees growing in the middle, we, we all grew up around those um, those elements where nature was not separated from uh, who we were and who we are. I wish like there was a way possible to kind of bring that into every building, every space, and then that would just be a norm, and which it was back back when like Harappan Mohenjo-daro uh, like set up his communities, the courtyard experience. I mean that's 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 ancient history, like even to the recent times. 
uh, i think that's something that would be that would be a great fantasy like to have where you can have a tree in your courtyard it's as simple as that <laughs> thank you for listening to the journal of biophilic design podcast